All right, Mr. Rentergen. All right. <laughs> Coming to us from Finland this time. Yes. Yeah. Has it been cool integrating back? Uh, I mean, how, how real world is it over there? I mean, what is real world, right? Like, we're creating that. <laughs> right. But um, I've, been, I've been loving it. I live in this, this uh, community house with eight people and um, a little bit more like rural, like one hour from Helsinki. And um, yeah, I've been really loving, like it's been getting more cold. And like I always used to go to the tropics for the last six years. Like I hated cold, I hated winter. And I'm like embracing it. Like I'm running to the to the lake and, and jumping in the cold water like almost every day. And like just like this attitude of of bring it on. And yeah, I was at my summer cottage like a week ago, and I really had this insight of how much this ties into like embodying our masculine archetype, like consciously putting myself into, right, fuck it, let's do a winter, you know, like it's going to be dark, it's going to be cold. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I, you know, stay in my power and in my, how do I keep shining even when, when the outer world gives me hardship, you know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I actually, I miss, I've been in Thailand a while. I, I kind of miss the cold. I didn't think I'd ever miss the cold, but I'm eager mm. to have winters again in the new future. And actually, I mean, your genetics probably thrive in it more. I mean, you have Viking DNA, right? Like <laughs> you probably yeah. need it on some level, on some deep archetype level. Uh, cool, man. Uh, well, anyway, you had a great, you had a great question. You sent me in a voice mm -hmm. note. Um, so yeah, let's jump into that. I thought it was really interesting. Let's do it. Let's do it. Big one. Yeah. So it's been coming up in my life a lot, as well as like a man who now is my client also asked me this of like how do we like it's easy like it's easy to feel good about ourselves like and maybe i'd call this is like a sense of self-worth but let's also explore that when we're winning when we're getting all the hot women and we're smashing it in our business whatever you know when we're winning the outer game let's say it's easy to feel good right it's easy to feel good about ourselves and, and know our worth like like but when we're not like when we're down you also mentioned this in one of your podcasts of like how self-worth is different for men and women and like yeah one of the main functions of testosterone obviously is like overcoming challenges and if we're not good at that like on some deep level it's like it's hard to feel worthy right yeah yeah for yeah. sure so this this thing like how do what's your view on that like yeah what do you think like how do we yeah, stay how do you stay connected to your self-worth when you're losing yeah because i mean i think you caught my dark night episode like a lot of my emotions were kind yeah. of going through that like i don't really know what my identity is i don't know how i want to win or even like to what audience anymore because i was like almost mm -hmm. switching the reference group that i care about or the people like i i'm moving away from the tantra world where i got a lot of validation for a while so it's like i and then my old friends will give a shit like like what, like, what is it like because i think yeah. there's something around like all of these outer game wins they only matter to us in a certain context, right? So like you're always, your win only matters in that context. So anyway, I, I think at the root of it is if you're actually playing the so-called inner game, your win is defined by whether you did it. Like, I, I think I said that before, like the function of masculinity is to overcome challenges, but like, it is true that sometimes it's actually impossible. Like if you had to fight a bear, you're not gonna mm -hmm. win, right? But you could still Probably win the not. inner game. 
right? <laughs> like, it's not a fail. I mean, if you stand up to the bear to protect your family and it eats you, you still won the inner game, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. there, there, I mean, that is about as manly as you can get. Um, so I think, I mean, that's the perspective I try to stay in. I don't always stay in it, though. Yeah, I guess also for the men, men who asked me this question was just went through a breakup where his, his woman had left him. And, and I went through, yeah, like I kind of, I kind of went through a breakup as well. And like, there was all these, there were some moments where like there was things in my relationship scenery, which like where I was getting rejected and whatnot. And yeah, just like, so yeah, it's so much easier to get into like a negative thought loop when, when, when that sort of shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think the inner game, outer game perspective is great. I mean, it's easier said than done because we all have egos and we do care about the wins, right? Like the, mm. the money or the sex or whatever, the validation or the relationship staying together versus not. But um, yeah, it is kind of like the Zen thing of going into, well, I actually did the best I could with what I knew to do. Mm. Like, I could, like, what could I have done differently anyway? Right. And it, it requires... I mean, I hate to keep, yeah, use the word ego, but like it is, you know, if you're, if you're attached to the outer game, it's an ego thing. It doesn't mean you don't feel a loss, but to beat yourself up, I guess, is the big thing. And that's where, where guys, I think, really lose the inner game is when they're now ashamed of something they messed up in. I mean, you can't change yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Something I've, some, like I've once said to a client, like just like a thought that came through that I felt was really powerful was like, you know, he had this, this, yeah, obviously, you know, my clients are doing self-development, right? But like, like he had this thing of doing self-development, like I was sensing he was doing it because he think he's not enough. And I just gave him this perspective shift, like you're working on yourself because you know you deserve more. No, you're not doing this because you're not enough. You're doing this because you know you can do more and you deserve that. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. There's a lot of people who enter self-development because they have a problem, which is a mm. good enough reason to get into it. They probably fix their problem after a workshop or two or in some self-inquiry. But then because the problem was a useful catalyst, they always have pro they always find new problems. And I, you know, in a lot of self-help communities, you're kind of celebrated for sharing why you're fucked up or sharing what's wrong with you because it's seen as vulnerable, mm. which may or may not be true, but it's like, yeah, I mean, at some point you have to let yourself just play in reality. Like, okay, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong, nothing to fix, you know, maybe yeah. the problem was an invitation. And yeah, now I just want to do more things. I want to experience more things. That's all I'm developing myself for. Yeah. Yeah, the same client, like recently we, we did some shadow work and he again noticed like he's in this mindset of like, I'm not ready yet. I'll be ready for relationships and stepping into my purpose and all the great things that I want when I've done this and this work and then we like snapped him out of that like like and he he came up with this this you know new affirmation that he anchored which was like i choose to be ready now like yeah so that's that exact same thing yeah so you had something you said with self-worth come up uh do you mind sharing more of what was going on for you well recently i've i've noticed <sighs> Yeah, one thing I've for sure I've noticed, like I had this story that I'm only like lovable and worthy of love and I also only like receive love 
when I'm on top, when I'm winning, when I'm amazing. And like, I have this story that I need, I need to be outstanding and special, which I can be, you know, when I'm, when I, when I'm in my good place, like, yeah, I, I can be in that space, but like, yeah, I noticed this limiting belief that like, for me to receive love from women, like I need to be amazing all the time. And that's, that puts a lot of pressure on myself. <laughs> yeah. And I actually had this really, I had this quite a healing experience just around a week ago. Um, I was at summer cottage, like I said, with, um, with a lover of mine, a really beautiful um, connection. And uh, we ate some mushrooms. And um, yeah, it was an interesting trip. Yeah, it was an interesting trip. There were some challenges. There was a lot of fun. And then we went to the sauna and um, I made the mistake to to roll a joint with some really strong weed. And um, I think I, I must have smoked most of it by myself. She might have had like one top. Anyway, I really spiraled down. Like I really started spiraling down. Like so much energy, so much sensation in my system that I couldn't ground it. Like, yeah, like there was a lot of moments where I just fully lost my grounding. I fully lost my focus. I, I was just fucking useless. And um, and I went all to all these negative like things and I kept sharing, <laughs> I kept sharing about it to her. Like, um, like kept letting her in into my experience. And there was some really beautiful moments. Like there was like, I caught myself feeling some really, really like deep fear coming from somewhere and when i'm just voicing it then i just started to laugh and like kind of got on top of the fear and then i cried i had a huge release and i cried and felt really great but they just kept coming like one after the other and i just couldn't stay on top and i just lost my grounding and i was just like in fear safe for like an hour and, and i was just judging myself here i am with this beautiful woman in a sauna we're tripping there's warm water there's a lake like we could be having the most best time and i'm in this fear state so i was like judging myself for all that and I just judged myself to be weak and, and like useless and, and all that. Like I was really harsh on myself at sometimes, or like I was just like, you know, having really negative thoughts of myself for being a little bitch, basically. But then like she still loved me. She still just accepted me as I am and saw me in, in my fullness. And, and, and like it just felt really good to, to be received and, and, yeah, because I had this story like, okay, if I'm like this, like no one wants to be with me. Or if someone sees this side of my of me, like, why would anyone love me? But then just still receiving her full heart and um appreciation yeah. and respect. I'm glad you had that uh really cool. experience. <laughs> yeah. Um do you, do you mind sharing we said a couple of months ago, I think we were talking about that word useless. Uh, mm. yeah. Because that's like, I mean, if you don't mind me going into it. Is it yeah. yeah. So you, you, it's basically like your biggest fear, this adjective being useless, mm. right? Um, so. How has your relationship with uselessness been? Yeah, that's a good question. Because um, that, that kind of encapsulates this first idea that we were talking about. Like when you're useless, you're losing the outer game. Like whatever the outer game is, whatever the thing, yeah. like if you're useless, you literally mm. are not winning. Um, mm. Yeah. It's, how has that been for you? Yeah. Well, that, that trip, for example, that was definitely a process in that and, and like also like owning that and like coming out of that and being like, all right. Like I still, after that, like I, I came to a place where I was like, I'm okay with that. 
like I'm okay with what just happened. Like, um, um, so yeah. So like that felt healing. There were some moments there's been like, yeah. So, so we had that one coaching session where you, um, where I opened this thing up to you and, um, received some mentoring and you gave me this sentence of like what was it again like how can i get off of being useless right now yeah yeah and that was like really that was such a cool thing um yeah i brought it into i'm not just seeing like how deep do i want to go into this or how how easily can i um yeah well i'll just share i mean just, without, just for context like whole, yeah. um you know, and even regarding this whole self-help thing, a lot of people are constantly trying to find problems or recreating problems in themselves. That's something they work on kind of thing. Like, I like the perspective that personal development is just a genre of entertainment. Like, like some mm. people spend their time watching football and learn all about football. Some people like, you know, family dramas, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's on TV these days. Mm. But some people like the, the story of their own lives. And, you know, in a... I like movies with brooding male protagonists that have like troubles and like, you know, they're useless sometimes. I don't know if you ever, have you seen Californication? Oh, anyway, the guy is useless. Like he's a is really cool, dark writer who can never get himself to write. And he's always just like being, being, being a bum basically, but it's really entertaining. And his life seems really fun, <laughs> but he's also troubled. He's a troubled by the fact that he's kind of useless. So I don't remember if I was thinking this when we were talking about that then, but this is just coming up now. Like, there is something fun if you can just play your life like a drama. You're gonna have shitty episodes, and that actually sometimes are the most interesting. For sure, yeah. Okay, being completely bluntly honest, I'm not fully on top of that yet. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I'm not fully on the but there's been like very powerful moments where, where I'm with like some of the same women that that she came up with, and like I did that thing. Like I can't. I don't know if you remember, but there was this 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 thing of meeting one of the lovers that who some of that shit got triggered up with in me. Mm-hmm. And I was really in that state. I was like, yeah, like like I was I was just smiling and confident. I was confident and I was just like, yeah, I'm useless. I was just in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm useless right now. I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm sure I'm not attractive right now. Like, and just kind of being okay with all that. Yeah, but but I think there's still a part of me that like doesn't trust, or like the part of me is still that thinks I'm gonna die if I'm useless. Like I won't receive love. I won't. Yeah, I'll just be a useless piece of shit and and excluded from the community and die. Like I still <laughs> still that inner yeah. inner child still needs tending. I think. Yeah, and that's where a lot of it comes from. You know, it's like the survival instinct of if you were in a small tribe of 150 people and people saw you as useless you might get kicked out <laughs> you might get kicked out and then actually die on the yeah. desert or for you the ice <laughs> you know? yeah that right or 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 just like wounds of the of the inner child who i don't know because when you're a baby that's also true like yeah if, if your parents or your family chooses to um, decide that you're not worthy of love like how long are you going to survive yeah. for you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, you know, that's not actually true. Um, yeah, there's something, you know, there's something about like what audience you care of. Cause you said the community, right? I assume there's a specific group of people that you're, you identify with or you're attached to or, you know, uh, so their opinions, 
do in some way matter. You know, if they all hated you, that would be a very different experience than if they all loved you. Um, even though it is technically outer game, it's important. Uh, not to say outer game isn't important ever, actually. Um, but then there's something to like the attachment and the 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 fallacy that it actually you know determines your survival. Like your obviously your emotional reaction doesn't doesn't line up with the reality. No, um, definitely not. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, because I, I this was like a cool thing to think about when you when you messaged me this idea, because I've been thinking about it a lot myself. Like, I think having a child soon triggered a lot of things, because like now I've been thinking a lot. Like, what is my kid gonna think about who I am in the world? What, what's my kid gonna think about my sex cult memoir? Do I even want like my child, like my daughter, to be reading this book? Where I was like, oh fuck, like it is like it's a just you know, my child doesn't even exist yet. I won't learn to read for a long time, but it, it it gets in my head of like, this is a new audience that I now give a shit about, right? Like, like mm. five years ago, I didn't care about anything, right? Like I was like kind of F you to everyone, except for like the people that validated me, which mm. was like another kind of, you know, it's just one reality. So anyway, I think this is just an interesting, an interesting topic because I think you, you just said a few minutes ago, some part of you doesn't trust if you're losing the outer games, did you say the word trust? I, I might have. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that is the ultimate thing of like, faith is really the only answer. Like, can you trust that if you're doing everything right by yourself, your outsides will eventually match, even if you're getting rejected today? Yeah. So, what do you think of of having experiences like I did with this one woman that I have a beautiful relationship with, and like having that. <clears throat> experience of of getting the outside validation even when i went through something that i judged to be useless like do you see like you see that as as like a quote-unquote healthy way to i don't know yeah i mean because i mean all of our inner game tendencies were programmed into us well maybe that's not always true but for the most part right like self-worth stuff childhood who knows where it originated from like i would say like what a cool episode of your life story of your TV show where like you dove really deep into an insecurity and everything turned out. Okay. I and mean, that's kind of like how a lot of TV shows end. Like there's just like, there, Oh, something really sucks. But it turns out everything was actually okay, which is the moral. So I just think it's like a great piece of programming for your inner game that, you know, next time you're beating yourself up about something, you just remember, I wait, people still love me. Even at my worst, everything's cool. And yeah. then, yeah, you don't lose yourself so often. I would hope. Yeah. And even noticing, like, I might be the only one who's, like, doing that judgment. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the truth is, they're probably, I mean, you're going to meet people that actually judge you. Yeah, but sure. which reality do you care about? This person you care about who you're very intimate with or this other person, you know? And I guess the ultimate, the ultimate sign that you've overcome this insecurity is if, you can be in a situation like you had in the sauna. She could not validate you because maybe she's insecure mm -hmm. herself and you're actually okay. Like that would be yeah. a sign, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. May or may not happen next time, but it will happen eventually. Yeah, for, for sure. And and I do feel, I do feel really confident in the fact like I have, I, I still do have so much love for myself and I still have so much trust in myself. And, and um, like, I'm really on my own team a lot. So I think that's not like, it's not very far from, being being able to happen at that scenario yeah and i think it's good i'm mean, also given that you're a coach 
I think it's important. Like if you were super duper secure, it would be hard for you to relate to the next person. Like if you didn't have any, mm. like, anything like this, you know, like even yeah, this, exactly. uh, this recent experience I had where like, I felt insecurities that I haven't felt in a long time. Now that, now that they've basically passed, I'm like glad. Oh yeah. Okay. Next time someone is really in a hole, I can just identify with it easier. So yeah, it's just a great, it's a good thing. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same realization. This was one of my recent clients is like dealing with the same things. And he even asked me, like, well, wait, where do you stand with like your self-worth? And how, how do you how do you go about that? And I was like, Yeah, just share that. Like, yeah, I'm not done. Like, I'm not like <laughs> I still have work to do there, but like means means I'm I'm more in touch with that stuff. And you know, I'm all that stuff is more fresh mm-hmm. in me than than if I Never have never thought of thought of the whole, whole concept or something. Yeah, it's yeah, better to be one step or two steps like ahead, quote unquote. You know, like than yeah. than ten steps, twenty steps. Be like, well, what yeah, doing? whatever it is, is like just knowing, uh, knowing the experience firsthand, yeah, not like exactly. on an intellectual level. Like, you know, I had a a friend who's his girlfriend is a psychologist or something, a therapist. I don't know, something like that, and. Her company wants her to take a life coaching certification. So she was asking, like, she, uh, he was introducing her to me. He's like, oh, you're a coach. Could you tell her about, like, how to learn coaching? Like, what did you learn? What did you study? And I'm like, mm. this is a very different thing in that, you know, not, I mean, not just, they're just different ways of helping people. But a coach's education is, like, actually doing stuff, mm-hmm. like going into holes and confronting stuff. And I'm trying not to say this in a way that is, like, arrogant, which, I mean, it's just, but, like, it's it's different. Like, we, we you're your ammunition and your credentials isn't from study necessarily, although reading is great. It's like through experiencing things and knowing that you've gone through it. Totally. Um, yeah. There was a joke uh, I was told, I mean, one of the, from one of my mentor teachers, people, it was, um, it was an unfunny joke. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll say, it. I don't know if it's going to land, but uh, it's like a man falls in a hole and he's like, help, help. Uh, you know, I'm stuck in this hole. Um, I can't get out. And a psychiatrist comes by and it's like, oh, tell me how you feel. And it's like, ah, oh, this sucks. I'm in a hole. And he's like, okay, well, let's talk about it for like uh, a few years and we'll f- see where your parents fucked you up. And, and then, and then we'll see what happens. He's like, well, that get me out of the hole. And, and he's like, no, no, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a bit deeper understanding. So he leaves. And then a priest comes by and uh, the guy's like, help, help. I need to get out of the hole. And the priest is like, we'll say 40 Hail Marys and then, you know, we'll see. And he's like, oh, will that get me out of the hole? No, no, but you'll be closer to God or something. He walks by. And then, then a coach comes by and the coach jumps in the hole with him. And then the guy's <laughs> like, well, why the fuck did you do that? Like, now we're both in the hole. And the coach says, yeah, but I've been here before and I know how to get out. Boom. And yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't no, know if that, sure, I mean, sure. it's not really a funny joke, but uh, anyway, yeah. I lost <laughs> no but yeah no, that's definitely like yeah especially like like if we were to compare like therapist and coach yeah or like i mean, I mean in reality we don't even need to jump into that hole because you know we still know the way up we'll just like kill them the steps or ask them the right questions or whatever but um yeah yeah i really i really love how um like I've I've only had how many sessions have I had with you? Like when I talk about you, I I refer to like yeah, Ruwan Mepagal. He's one of he's one of my mentors. Like that's how I refer to you because I've like you're the only podcast I listen to. 
by the way. Like I don't listen oh. to any. Like I, I've listened yeah, to so much. Like I listen to a lot of your, a lot of your stuff. But yeah, even the few sessions we've had like have been really impactful. So um, yeah. Anyway, where, where's it going with this? Yeah, like I love in in your coaching how you you keep it really simple with like you just ask really fucking powerful questions, which is like this. Me, I remember many times where I'm just like you ask something and I just start laughing because it hits something. Like, yeah. yeah, thanks, man. I think you know. Oh, this is actually something you messaged me earlier about like um, being ahead of your client or something, like. Mm. Like uh, any, I'll just you know what I shared with you then, which I think is relevant is it's actually helped me. I think with coaching, is not trying to even be more advanced. Like if I really believe that the client has all the answers, like I don't know what's. I mean, all I'm trying to do is ask questions to get them to answer their own questions or like mm. uh, come up with their own genius. It just takes all the pressure off of me, and then coaching sessions can be really easy and chill. And like, because I don't have to come up with anything, right? Like I'm just. He's actually, you know, he or she is helping yeah. with himself. So, yeah, anyway, I thought totally. that that's, uh, it just makes things simpler and easier. Yeah, this moment, like last week, where I was doing some really, like I was taking a client to like some really deep murky shadows. And it was like, yeah, we really went to some nasty waters. And I was like, holy shit, like, how do I bring it back up to light? Like, there was a moment where I was like, okay, we're just, we're really deep right now. Like, and I was like, I was trying to do my input to okay, like okay, we're like 50 minutes in in the session, like okay, let's start guiding this back to like like light and integrating the new belief, whatever. It wasn't happening, and then I was like, there was just a point where it's like, okay, I'm gonna stop trying and I'm just gonna follow him, kind of. And um, it was interesting. As soon as I, I I like dropped the pressure of like, um, like I need to do something for this to land where we want this to land and just more like yeah i don't know how the, how the voice like i don't know i kind of let him lead. i like i just followed what what was there right and um i don't even know what what i did but for sure what i did was i i stopped fucking worrying and i was like mm-hmm. i just trusted i had faith and somehow the the things he he gave his input was exactly the direction i was like okay like i want to start anchoring like new affirmations or like bringing some some of the positive stuff like that's what i was trying to do as soon as i stopped trying to do that it just happened naturally and there was this thing of like oh yeah yeah it's kind of ties into what you just said i think yeah i mean it's just it's just it's it's another inner game outer game thing or it's like being with a woman like if you're trying to force a thing to happen Mm. you're always going to fall off I'll fall off the stroke, off the vibe, you know? Um, but if you, yeah, if you're in the moment, if you're feeling the other person, it kind of just develops. Yeah. This, this brings me up on a, a juicy topic. This was like a week ago as well. <laughs> There's a lot of shit happening. Um, yeah. So, so I've been working with one client on like being more straightforward, being more upfront, being more like stating his desire, just being more like, boom, you know, with women, um, be more direct, you know, like for, for going for what he wants and stating what he wants and whatnot. And, um, yeah, so apparently he he'd been doing this with one woman and, um, yeah, like this, I think this was true messenger or something like voice messages or whatnot. Um, anyway, then he told me like about the woman kind of, um, pulling, pulling back, 
And when he started like breaking down what he had said, like I instantly noticed like, okay, yeah, he was being straightforward, but just this this fine line, right? Of of how it's, yeah, I find it's it's important just for ourselves, but also for the outer game to to be straightforward and upfront and honest and just owning our truth. But it's also so fucking important for the woman to feel like she doesn't have any pressure. That she there's no expectation. Like for her to not have to ask herself a question that she can answer yes or no to, but. Yeah. You know, yeah, like being being upfront and honest and, and and direct, but for her to still be able to feel and not have pressure and, and you know flow and and not you know putting her up against the wall like too strongly or too soon or yeah. something like that. And it was like just realizing like with this, then the client was like, "Fuck, like this is so complicated." But yeah, then we had actually, to laugh about it and integrate that. But yeah, just felt like sharing this. What would I? Because I, I, I think this is a thing that a lot of guys think about. Right? I mean, it comes up a lot with exactly what you're sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you want to tell the truth, you want to be honest. But what if it doesn't line up, right? And, and the opposite would be, oh, figure out what she wants and then like deliver that. You know, and both of those mm -hmm. things uh, are denying the importance of connection. This might not always be true, but I do think it's very often true in intimacy and even in things like sales or stuff like that. Like if you and the other person are really connected, so you're feeling each other and empathizing, you'll probably want almost the same thing. Like with mm. your client that you're mentioning, like if he was really feeling the woman and connecting with the woman, he what what he genuinely wanted would probably be a lot closer to what she also wanted. Mm. Uh, as opposed to like, here's what I want. Like, here's my dick, what's going on or whatever, you know, it's like, here's like, you know, not just sticking it there, yeah. it's, but like, you know, you, cause you're kind of merging as two people and like, what do we want in a moment? Which, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that is, that is also winning the inner game in an intimate situation or anything involving other person. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a good point. I think in this situation, it was more like he was wanting to connect more. So it's like, um, or he was, I think he was expressing that the, the nature of connection that, that he'd like. But yeah, absolutely. If you're more connected, that will just leave the two people involved more, more on the same page. But what I told him was like, what did I tell him? Yeah, about like expressing what you want. But making really crystal crystal clear, I'm not expecting anything. I'm not, I'm not like, like I'm still open and willing to in in a in a non you know, a place where there's no expectation and curiosity mm -hmm. presence. But this is this is what's alive me. Yeah, because uh, to have the expectations is now putting. I mean, you're no longer playing the inner game. You're not expressing yourself for the sake of expressing yourself. You're expressing yourself to get something else, which sets mm -hmm. you up to lose. Exactly. Um, yeah, actually, you know, because I, you know, back to this like self-help, some self-help traps. Like one of the reasons why I try not to use the word vulnerability anymore is I've noticed a lot of people they're they're not being genuinely vulnerable. They're just saying ex embarrassing things about themselves because our culture now champions vulnerability. And especially in this in the personal development world, like vulnerability is obviously a good thing. But then people are being vulnerable with the ex they're they're doing it to get something external. They're they're doing it to be loved or pitied or validated or something, as opposed to just like, you know, what actually needs to be communicated. Yeah, man. Like I almost raised this point earlier this 
you mentioned vulnerability in some context, maybe 10 minutes ago. And because I've really resonated with what you, like the insights you shared on that in the, I don't know, recent months on like why you stop using the word vulnerability. Because I think it's a necessary step, right? Like it will probably like for, let's say for a man who's used to hiding everything or acting tough or whatever, like the, the step off, being vulnerable, you know, like it, it will probably involve like feel like their experience, like okay, like this could fuck me up somehow, right? Like, mm-hmm. but like, like I think the point you were also making was like landing in a place where it's, it's not vulnerable. It's nothing to do with vulnerability. It's just like that master mentality of like, yeah, this is what's alive in me. Boom. Like th- th- that's it, right? Yeah. And someone, someone might, oh, like, that's vulnerable. Like, I've had moments like that recently where, where I just share something of myself and I'm just so confident in my reality. And, and it's something that would be labeled as vulnerable normally, but, but then someone points it out to me and, and I'm just like, yeah, well, actually, it didn't even feel vulnerable, you know? Like, it was just like, that was just my truth in that moment. And I just feel quite relaxed, actually, just sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess you kind of you kind of know that you're socially free, if you will, if you can say these so-called vulnerable things, and it doesn't feel vulnerable anymore because you don't really care so much about what other people will judge you on. Like that's really the goal of it. That's the point of sharing yeah. these things that maybe you previously were ashamed of to drop the shame, not to be validated for how shitty you feel now because you said an embarrassing thing, you know. Yeah. And then, like that ties to like reality dominance, another thing I've learned from you, right? Like, um, yeah, if, if if I'm just in the reality, like where where is confident, this is this is whatever, and I'm sharing something, it's that's my reality, right? Like it's not vulnerable, it's not it's not whatever they think, it's not soft or weak or whatever the fuck. It's like no, this is lying. This is like me just being myself. Yeah. 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 You know the thing about master slave stuff that you want to talk about, right? Yeah, maybe. I'm just like really curious about that. Like, like th- that that topic just feels really important, really and like really core stuff for being in your power, right? Like, how if we perceive the world through either of those lenses is a huge different difference, right? So, and I haven't, I hadn't heard of that concept anywhere else than you so um yeah i think somewhere where i noticed that is like yeah i sometimes catch myself thinking like oh i have to do this or 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 whatnot i guess i'm just curious like what are your ways to your i don't know practices to to strengthen your master mentality well for me the biggest thing well the less I'm on screens and the more I'm on paper, the more I'm automatically in that mode. Uh, you know, I've gotten off of social media for the most part. And that's not, not to villainize social media. I know you're, you're, you've been posting cool stuff. Uh, but, you know, um, anyway, I'll just put it this way. Like, the more I can introspect and really care about what I think about me or what, what I'm doing, you know, because we... 
a lot of our reality has to come from some perception of like group feeling, right? But so it's like either you and yourself or you and like the people that follow you on the internet or whatever, like um, the more I can care about what I actually, I mean, yeah, it's ultimately inner game stuff again. Like if am I doing and feeling what I, what is important rather than what I think I'll get validated for. Um, yeah. Okay. I have a juicy twist to this because the, the, where I'm usually experiencing this is like, with my mission, with my purpose, with my business, like, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the flow, I can get so much stuff done. Um, or like, I can be like a bull. I can work around the clock, build my course, whatever. And it feels good. It's like the most satisfying feeling. And then like, I think what has happened, I do that three weeks in a row and then I'm wrecked, but I still want to mm-hmm. keep going. I still want to keep mm-hmm. pursuing. Like I'm in that masculine, super masculine state of just, going forward and then i think I'm, i might go out of juice but a part of me just wants to keep pursuing the the goal you know keep keep going whereas there's the other part that wants rest and just wants to chill and just does there's no creative juice or whatever i think that's when i go into slave morality whereas like i need yeah. to keep going uh right. you know that's that's <laughs> basically your, boss, it. your boss is forcing you to work yeah who happens to be you uh yeah i yeah, know i can relate to that a lot i think uh, a lot of things that haven't felt good with my work have also come from that exact thing of like oh I, I put out x number of podcasts this month which means i need to do that again this month but i don't feel like it and then it becomes like a shitty job basically um i mean th- it is something I, i'm trying I, it challenges me still but one perspective that has helped me is actually coming from fitness the fitness worlds um Pavel mm. Sousulin, who I really love his stuff. I really love his stuff. If he started a cult, I would join it still. Um, <laughs> but he's got, uh, you know, he, he has a lot of things on this. Is like no no one who's a high performer has a personal record every time. Like that, that would be impossible. The only people who are consistent are people who are really at a low level, right? So if you're doing anything of importance and then, you know, he's talking about like how much weight you can push in a workout, for, for example, like if you're actually doing anything beyond mediocre there's no way you're going to sustain that all the time that's not how the human body works when it comes to strength i don't think that that's what i think strength and creativity i think a lot of the principles really line up and you know one of the things in, in that kettlebell world that's uh that's big is every week you should um it's called the delta 20 principle you should vary how much work you do like physically uh by 20 percent up or down it has some sort of great benefit when it comes to muscle growth and all that stuff and, you know, when you're describing this, like being in the flow versus needing to rest after three weeks, that might be, you know, if you actually listen to that, it might be exactly what you need to get mm-hmm. your creative muscles stronger. And, you know, yeah. who are you to, who are you to fuck with that process? That's yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the, that's what I've taken from it recently. And um, yeah, yeah. But it's funny because there's a part that's just like, fuck that, like fuck resting. Like I have a mission. I want to proceed it but now i'm learning that that's the best thing for proceeding that mission is to actually rest or do things that charge me up or you know focus on my well-being and and all that and and like yesterday for example like the moment that like sunday right like the moment i really kicked back and was like okay i'm gonna really chill i got the most insights the most downloads the most clearest action plan steps for for my course and whatnot like as soon as i was like dropped it then then i had mad 
ideas just came true. It was just kind of like, well, and I didn't rest then anyway, but like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because the question is like, if you feel like you need to still go hard when you don't feel like it, like who are you doing it for? Or like what, what, mm. what end are you doing it for? Are you doing it because people, your friends or people would be impressed as you go hard every week, 52 weeks a year? Is it to compare yourself to some ideal Mishka that you feel like you should be? You know, all of those things are taking you further away from yourself, which is what that relationship is needed for those, that inspiration and stuff. Yeah. But I, I would, I want, I do want to poke at one thing you just said. Um, mm. uh, it's, it's a recent realization for me of like the purpose of presence or winning the inner game or following your internal flow is not productivity, right? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of this too, of like, oh yeah, I have to I have to be Zen or I have to be present so that I am more productive. Like that actually is just switching it again. Now you're now you're pimping your own inner game to get outward results. It's like the same thing. It's like you're making the master serve the slave morality, you know? Um, which is not the point. Like the point is something more intrinsic, like the satisfaction of doing the work you want to do on a work day and doing the chilling you want to do on a chill day, I would think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, just sometimes. Like, I get high a couple times a week-ish. And sometimes when I get high, I just get like, I don't know, man. My third eye just opens up, bro. <laughs> I just get down, like, whatever you want to call it. But like, yeah, I, I get some creative inspiration sometimes. And I just start writing it down. And it doesn't even feel like work, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I'm in the flow, work doesn't feel like work like, at all, ever. Yeah. And I think on an ultimate ideal level, and I don't know how possible this is all the time. Like if you're really in master morality though, nothing should feel like work. Exactly. No. Um, even if you have a job where, you know, you actually have to do something that most, you know, even if you have like a manual labor job, if you're really in that, which maybe is a, you know, a high ideal to reach, like even that shouldn't feel like work. Like if you, if you really Mm. take the, I mean, this is the perspective I always fall in when I'm on mushrooms or LSD, like, I'm just here to play in reality and enjoy this movie, right? It doesn't matter what we're doing. Like anything, any job, any task can be interesting from like that movie perspective. Mm. Um, it's hard to stay in that mode all the time, but it's what I try to stay in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Super um, powerful and yeah, important things to to be aware of and then have, have the awareness of like the concept of master-slave morality. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah, because like the ultimate, I mean, the reason why it's even called master morality is that if you really were a lord over a land, you had all you have all your needs met, you don't have to accomplish anything. You're the highest validator of the social realms. Like there's no one, there's no one's approval you need. You really just do whatever you feel like doing. Which doesn't mean you're lazy, but it's like if you want wood, you chop you chop a tree. But you don't do it because people will like you for chopping the tree or they think you should chop the tree, for instance, you know, you just, yeah, you're playing. Yeah, your I think it, I can't remember what podcast and maybe you were chatting with your friend, Noel Free. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how his name's pronounced. Is that correct? Yeah, Noel Free. Cool. So, yeah, I think you were talking about like, yeah, like the things we do to, to relax or enjoy usually like are like slave morality things like smashing food and like numbing out like mm-hmm. that was like hmm right like master morality things you do challenging shit like you just do 
stuff that's like challenging because it's fun. Yeah, something like that. That hit. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you only seek uh, to do nothing and lay on the beach and do nothing if your normal existence kind of sucks. Like if you're working a slave job all the time, of course you want to do nothing because the stuff you have to do, you have to do. But yeah, if you're the lord of the land and like, you know, food is being created for you, you don't have to do anything. Like, what do you do for fun? You go hunting, you uh, fight in wars, you, I don't know, whatever, you know, feudal lords did back then. That's what they actually did for fun. So yeah, and I've just been finding like in myself, I really don't like, uh, yeah, I really don't like doing nothing. (laughs) Like my favorite social activities involve some effort. Um, and those are teams seem to be the people I'm more drawn to these days. So, yeah. Mm, uh, totally. Hey, I had a, a cool um, topic thing come and it ties to self-worth. It ties to the fact that you're becoming a father. And yeah, it really ties to some, some of the self-worth stuff, which is recently I've realized like, well, first of all, yeah. So I've been noticing like these impulses or, or like calls and, and things of yeah like this 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 like my father inside me is like starting to wake up like i'm I'm noticing i'm looking at women or my lovers in a different way or like there's this urges to to to, to create nests to, to to create you know to have a baby basically like i'm not i don't like i don't want to definitely know that on all levels yet for sure but like it's never been this it's never felt this real. And it's, I think it comes from a place of really recognizing, like, I would be ready. Like, I would be mentally, physically, and now even, like, starting to be financially ready. Like, okay, I could provide for someone on those levels. And and that's the, the new thing. Because I've always been a kid. And now it's like, wait, now, like, if, if someone actually told me they're pregnant, like, I could actually handle that. With, like, and not just, like, get by, but, like, I would be able to do that with you know with a straight spine sort of thing and um yeah yeah that, that's felt scary that's felt good but i've really noticed like i think that really that's such a source of 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 self-work somehow like the the, the capacity or like for me at least like i've noticed and, I, and i've talked with talked about this with some people like um yeah, like how ready we feel, like how capable we feel to to create life and, and provide and, and all that. Um, naturally, it would tie a lot to like how we perceive our self-worth. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, there's also some people who have children because they have nothing else to do or like they that's like their source of love. I'm sure, you know, all of us yeah. know someone like this um, who maybe their life is their kid because and they had a kid because they didn't know what else to do with themselves a little different yeah but but yeah i do think you know especially for men obviously not everyone wants children but when you've basically solved your own problems or your own lacks or you know whatever inadequacies you felt and you feel secure on those levels that you mentioned like what do you do with yourself it's kind of like the master thing if like you don't have to worry about food well it is actually fun to go hunting like you don't have to worry about you know, making my own, making your own personal rent or what to do with your life. Have you, you answered those questions? Well, what do you do for fun? Well, it actually would be fun to provide for someone. Like what, what mm-hmm. else? Like what other challenge, you know, you need a challenge to be interested, you know, whereas uh, 
and I, I don't want to come off as judgmental, but like some people I know who are like definitely against having children. I actually let me not even put it that way because it's been, yeah, it's coming out the wrong way. Yeah, it's just it's an opportunity to take on a new challenge, which is fun mm-hmm. for someone in a master morality view that yeah I could do whatever I want and I want to do something for fun that's uh, gonna totally challenge me. And I think it's probably deeply rooted, you know, in our fucking DNA core of like. Um, yeah passing on our genes yeah like what is yeah what is the there's nothing more primal like all of our behaviors are are for this anyway which is not to say that you have to do what what they what what our selfish genes want but yeah i mean of course there's a satisfaction in it one more thing about the master morality which is kind of i think ties to, to a lot of the shit that i was talking about um in the start of like so master morality like you're you're on top of everything. You can do whatever. Like, um, what if like what if you fuck up? What if you do things that get you out of that place? Like, um, let me see how the Buddhism works. Like, because I have this thing right, like where there's a part of me believes that I'm only lovable when I'm on top. And I think when I'm in that place, I'm probably I'm a lot in the master master mentality. Mm-hmm. But then a part of me is like. Yeah, if I if I do shit that's useless or or a weak or, or I fuck up some way, some way, I will. Yeah. Well, first of all, probably. Do you, do, you, do you get what I'm? Do you get do you get what I'm? Where yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, Basically, what well, I'm asking is like the the master would would the master morality still not be scared of losing its spot? Basically, maybe. Uh, <laughs> huh, okay, I think there's a couple questions there but um well i guess i mean all right, if we look at it at the most uh basic like we actually look at like the sociological level before we make it like relevant to us like i guess all right if, if we're taking the scenario you're a feudal lord and you can do something that would have you lose your position well well yeah of course he would care right someone in that position would care uh he wouldn't want to do something which is why i think like the nobility or like people in those positions and historically really instilled certain values in their children, like honor and being brave and stuff. Like they did not want to lose that position and they perhaps earned that position by embodying these characteristics of strength. Um, But as, as as far as us and like reality, right. These are all metaphors. I guess it would come down to if you actually believe you would lose your spot from taking risks it's like to be risk averse obviously wouldn't i guess like would are you willing to die die on the battlefield for for while doing the right thing mm. like, th- like did you catch my uh, thing uh where i spoke about the game of thrones moments where the tarleys die yeah did, did you catch that yeah i, I mean that. yeah it's like they were choosing to die in the name of being noble like they were yeah. they were i mean you can't lose the outer game more than dying right uh like they're yeah. choosing to die but they were making the the you know the big balls move of like no I will not bend the knee I'm gonna die with my dignity intact which uh, yeah I mean there's nothing more masterful than that. Mm. It was a really interesting point that like cultures where men would die like honor deaths um, like yeah they wouldn't pass on on their genes but they'd be passing on the gene pool of that moral code and that those societies actually stayed intact and strong and the ones where that didn't happen probably die out like that's a really interesting 
time. Yeah. And it is hard, you know, if you're thinking like, okay, I'm, you know, yeah, my people will survive, but I'm going to die. Like you have to have a different worldview. Um, you know, you have to really be out of your ego, I guess, to like choose to be one of the sperm that didn't make it. But anyway, that's, that's, I mean, we're talking like kind of extremes, I guess, in your personal life, it really just comes down to like, I guess it's more, do you trust yourself to bounce back after a loss? Yeah. yeah. Or do you feel like you need to be perfect? Like, well, will one loss or one mess up or one moment of insecurity even mean that you're no longer cool in your own eyes? Like, if you think that's true, your masterfulness will never be secure. It'll always yeah. be, yeah, I mean, you're going to fuck up at some point. So, yeah. 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 But I think that ties it down. Like, yeah, are you willing to take risks? Are you willing to die in battle? <laughs> that thing. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Yeah, it was good stuff to think about. I mean, this is definitely stuff I've been, I've been pondering in myself, like this inner outer game stuff and, you know, how literally to take master morality. Uh, yeah, I think these are good reminders for myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It's fun catching up. Is there anything uh, you want to share to everyone where to catch you? You can find me with my name. Okay. Um, on, on Instagram, Facebook. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still like kind of, I still have a lot of things I can talk about, to be honest. But okay, no, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We can we can get into another thing. I, I need to go in maybe 10, 15. But we can cool. get into another thing, for sure. Yeah, like, well, it kind of came when, when we were talking about, you know, the instinct and, and desire to pass on our genes, create mm-hmm. family or whatever. And you said that's the most primal thing. Well, I already mentioned, like, this topic of um, ejaculation, ejaculation control. Mm. And then that, and um, yeah, like just, you know, that's a very primal instinct to, to ejaculate, right? Mm. Yeah, I just felt like talking about that, that topic. And um, yeah, obviously you have a arousal course. And um, yeah, I think it's a very important topic for, 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 for us men. Like what do we do with that instinct and how are we the slaves of that or are we the master of that? And um yeah, I kind of feel like opening up that discussion a little bit. Um, I've had a quite a journey with that whole whole concept myself, and 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 all that. Yeah, yeah. You're you're sharing that uh, you find it's easier to be in control when you're in like a more receptive uh, situation. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, if that's exactly that. Well, basically, what I've noticed is like um, during this year. Like starting this summer, um, specifically, like I've been getting more into like power play, like like taking and and like BDSM sort of stuff with with my lovers and partners, and that's been really fun. Like that's been really fun, and even like I think I heard about this non non ejaculation stuff like three four years ago, and I got really into that in, in many ways. To a point where I started having shame and guilt if I'd come, which is kind of fucked up. But this summer I really healed a lot of that. Like I allowed myself to come as much as I want, and, and like, yeah, I was doing a lot of kinky stuff, role play, and all this sort of sort of things. Yeah, like maybe a month or, or two ago, I started noticing like, okay, it's time to start getting back on top of of 
you know, circulating that energy and, and, and all that. Cause I started feeling depleted because I was coming too much. Um, but yeah, basically the noticed is like, I don't know if it's about being receptive, but there is more of an element of, of, of flow. And I'm really living with my partner and, and like melting with her. That's when I can, I can, um, make love for, for, long time and, and have orgasms without coming and not need to ejaculate but when i'm because yeah i think you've also talked about this in some of your podcasts about like dominating in bed and, and doing all that and it's fun it's great and it can have many levels and it can be really like healing you know to to, to be in that dynamic for like like i've seen my 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 um lovers have really healing experience like they've cried after like you know in in a, in a dynamic where i'm dominating and, and, and all that mm-hmm. um where am i going with this but yeah and though like when i'm more in that space when i'm when i'm doing it's so hard to to circulate my sexual energy like i almost always have to ejaculate if 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 i'm doing power play and i'm wondering how is that with yeah you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely notice if I'm trying to do too much or if I go in my head, obviously, or if I'm, you know, trying to have given experience. I know this, this would happen often, actually, when I was like in, in a BDSM situation, even with uh, even with my fiance now, this has happened uh, before where I'm like so focused and giving an experience that I kind of lose touch with my body. And even for a moment, if the sensation's high, of course, right, something, something the flow is lost, right? Um, uh, as opposed to when you're talking about flowing with your partner, it sounds like you've really taken away all goals or like you need to accomplish something. Uh, that's what I would think. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of things just there. Of course it's, it's an instinct to come because that's how procreation occurs. But I think on a biological level, if you don't mind getting a little sciencey, it's like that is your body willing to sacrifice your well-being for your child's well-being. But if you're not having children, it's kind of a waste. Not to say that coming isn't good, but you know that, that that's the reason why we kind of suppress the instinct at times. Yeah. It's fun to be in that hunter mode, you know. Well, anyway, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's a good point you're making there, and it's kind of funny, right? Like on the outside, like like we're dominating partners or like we're we're taking but then then the point you're raising which often can be true i notice this in myself is like actually a lot of my attention to goes to giving her experience like yeah. you know so yeah. this is quite contradictory so i mean it's not like it's always like that like but it can it, I, I can definitely yeah it can go there at times like you know? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to this this whole thing we've been talking about. Like, if you're really in the inner game, if you're really trying to play the inner game there, you're only doing what feels good in that moment. Ideally, you're also connecting to her body, so it's what feels good between the two of you or to yeah. you as an entity. Which, if 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 dominance is what's happening in that moment, that's what's that's what's called for. But if you're if you're straying from that, then you're sacrificing your inner game for some outer result, and things don't seem to go as well. Uh, or things things are less satisfying 
at the end of the day or things go wrong. Like you, you come too soon. Yeah. Something happens. You do something that doesn't feel good to her. Like all of those things happen from losing the inner game. Yeah. It's funny. That thing tied, tied a lot of topics we talked about, like inner game, outer game. Um, when we're in connection with her, we both will like, like the same things. Uh, yeah, even master slave stuff. I mean, that is what yeah, exactly. is there. These are old archetypes, which is why they're satisfying in the bedroom for yeah. many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, I got to run, but uh, yeah. it's good catching up with you. Um, good catching up, man. Good, you're gonna good be talks. you're gonna be in Europe the rest of the year. Yeah, I I kind of feel like challenging myself and staying here for the whole winter. Keep swimming in the icy lakes and yeah, cool, man. practice my um masculinity and, and you know going through the winter <laughs> and the biking cold yeah yeah uh cool yeah well i'll be in europe uh probably next spring i'll let you up cool man awesome yeah all right take it easy you too brother True.